Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 23rd, 2013. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are at page 84, the first paragraph, beginning with there are these extravagant promises. Today's readers are Judy B, Julie R, Katie F, and Melanie. The reference number for yesterday, Sunday, September 22nd, 2013, is 5186. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Crystal to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Crystal, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. I will now ask Rose to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, before we resume our reading where we left off on Friday, I am going to ask Judy B. to first reread the Ninth Step Promises with the paragraph that starts at the bottom of page 83, beginning with, if we are painstaking. Then, Judy B., will, be, will you please continue on with the following paragraph, which is the one we will actually be sharing on, on page 84, beginning with, are these extravagant promises? Good morning, Rebecca. This is Judy B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. I am honored to be able to read this. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. Excuse me. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Wow, what hope. <laughs> what hope in this, uh, in this reading. I mean, I am just so grateful uh, for the promises of the program. Um, so much of that has happened for me. Um, my whole attitude and outlook upon life has changed, you know, and I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. We, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? They certainly are not. I mean, extravagant, meaning absurd, crazy, excessive, foolish, outrageous, ridiculous. Are these promises uh, that way? They are not. You know, these these hundred um, recovered people say we think not. They are being fulfilled among us, and uh, and we have that hope. We we have that um, knowing that if we work this program, this can happen for us. Now, does it happen to everyone in the same way? Does it happen to everyone quickly? No, it doesn't. You know, some of us take longer than others. But only, my feeling is that only God knows us. 
in, in a way that he can help us with this. They will always materialize if we work for them. I mean, we have to be willing to work through these steps. And sometimes we fall down. That's, it's part of being human. But if we get back up and we, and we ask for help and we try again and we understand that we are compulsive overeaters and that there's nothing, nothing that can be done except to depend on God and to ask for help and to work through this, this, um, this program of cleaning house, cleaning up the past, making amends, and then carrying the message to others. This, these promises will come true. It doesn't mean that we'll never have one of these feelings again, no. But if they come up, God will constantly... God will constantly disclose more to us. And he does that over and over. I mean, his, his power for us, his guidance for us is everlasting. It doesn't stop. It will never cease. And we can depend on it. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Thank you all for being here. And I pass. Thank you, Judy B. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Lois. Eileen. Monica. I heard Lois, Eileen, and Monica in that order. Hi, good morning, uh, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone on the line. This is Lois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. And um, I, I'm sure that everyone is feeling the same thing about these these promises Um you know, it's to, it's it's just so wonderfully emotional, and and it it re, it re, it re, it reinstores my you know my my belief uh, about this big book that if we are painstakingly if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will we will we will be amazed before we are halfway done, halfway through. And, and we are going to know a freedom, a new freedom. Well, this has happened for me. And what they're referring to, of course, as you all know, is, you know, this is beginning of step 10, and we're just finished working on step 9. So by, by practicing and being painstakingly, painstaking about working these steps in my life, starting at step 1 through where we are at this point in the book, step 9 and 10, that we will know a new freedom. And, um, and this happened for me, and what that is for me is after p- learning about what my problem was, what the solution was, and being willing, making the decision to do the work, and then practicing this program daily, one step, at, you know, one day at a time, the, this, this promise, these promises have all come true to me at different times of my, if, of my recovery. And, of course, you know, I'm still practicing and I'm painstakingly working my program one day at a time. And the most important uh, life-changing situation for me has been that the hope that has and the joy and the freedom, the, the sunlight of the spirit that I have experienced through, through going through these steps in the big book with a big book expense and, you know, the fellowship of people like you on the line. And I'm going to close with that because I know there's a big, long line behind me. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. 
Eileen is next. Okay. Um, this is Eileen uh, speaking from Bedford, Massachusetts, and I'm grateful to be chosen to get on this meeting today. You know, this has been a really difficult chapter for me to listen to um, because uh, I've been in program, back in program since '04, um, and I've been through a couple of AWOLs. I've been through a big book step study, but I don't on a daily basis practice 10, 11, and 12. And I was speaking with someone early in the week who was talking to me about walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And that's what I have to start to do now. I need to get back in there. I need to write an additional fourth and fifth and do a fifth. And um, and and just like these promises say, they're so true about knowing a new freedom and a new happiness. I won't regret the past and I'll wish to shut the door on it. And I'm going to comprehend the word serenity and I'm going to know peace. I know just an inkling of peace now, but it's all about, you know, putting down the food to one part of the the program. It's working the steps. That's the next part. Making the change in ourselves and seeing the changes in other people when we've changed ourselves. That's so miraculous. Um, no matter how far you've gone down the scale, you're going to learn that your experience, and I know why I've been given this disease, because I work professionally as a counselor, so it can better make me more available to help others. You know, my, my father was an alcoholic. Uh, he also had bipolar, and not, and I never understood why was I a food addict. Now I totally understand um, that I'm going to lose interest in selfish things and I'm going to gain interest in my fellows. Um, But it it is all about um, being being just working the program and not worried about uh, was I as quick as so-and-so to get this. You know what? I'm a slow learner. (laughs) I always have been. You know what? As long as I'm in this program and I'm trying to learn, that's all that I care about. So thanks for listening, and I'll pass. Devori? Thank you, Eileen. Monica's next, and then Devori, you'll go after Monica. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Wow, exciting, jumping up and down, a lot of green, a lot of hope here. You know, these promises, um, a lot, a lot of hope here for everyone who is in the beginning of the process of working these steps. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, you know. And why is that? That's because you've done a thorough four-step inventory. That's because you've given it away to another person and to God, mainly. That's because you've continued working through the steps. 
And now you're in step nine and you're doing the last part of your cleaning house action steps here and you are making amends. You are making right the wrongs that you have done through your life. And when you get to this process or when you get into step nine, it says before you are halfway through making these amends, you are going to start getting these promises. So true. So true. This is what the first 100 recovered alcoholics are saying. And those of us who are saying we are recovered are saying, yes, 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 this will happen for you too. And are these extravagant promises? Are these unreasonable, extreme, excessive promises? We think not. We know not. We believe not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And this is a sentence that if you are in the process of cleaning your house and you are writing and you get frustrated and you want to quit, go to this page and read this sentence. They will always, always materialize. And materialize is develop, take form, become real. If we work for them. And when I was going through the process, I turned to this page every day and read that. And that kept me giving me hope that if I did this work, it would happen for me too. The 100 recovered alcoholics are telling me this is true. And the people I heard that were recovered with the twinkles in their eyes and the peace and serenity about them said, Monica, do the work and this is will happen for you too. And it's right here in black and white. It's written. It will happen if I work for it. And it did. And yeehaw. And I thank you all. And I'll pass with that. Thank you, Monica. Devori. Press star one, Devori, to unmute. Hi, it's Devorah. I'm sorry about that. Recovered compulsive reader. Um, you know, when I got to these promises, I found myself crying. It was with such a relief because I went to years to meetings, and we read it faithfully every single week. And I would get up because it was my dream. And what I thought those promises meant, you know, this phase of our development, I thought, meant the tools. This phase of our development, you know, the work, I thought it meant the meetings and the writing and all that. I had no clue. And someone, somebody finally, finally split this big book open to me, and I got here, and I felt these promises to the core of my being. And it was my dream. We are going to know a new freedom. Notice that they're not using the word relief. A freedom. I mean, freedom of this horrible, restless irritability, discontentness that lived with me and, you know, the the serenity that came over me, it was such, it was worth everything in the world. And, I, you know, if I would have had to empty my bank account and I would have had millions of dollars there, I would have done that. You cannot buy this with any money in the world. And if you're still out there and struggling, you know, having a hard time coming to that step number one conclusion, just beg God for help because this work, I mean, it's worth anything in the world. And, um, you know, if you, you know, if you're not feeling those promises, just continue with the work because they really do come true. And I'm not sweating over these promises today. It's just a result 
you know, as a result of these work, that's what I feel every single day. Nothing changed in my life but me. And as a result of that, I feel that freedom, that serenity, that peace, that joy, that happiness. And no matter what changes, no matter what happens, if I am close to God, living and practicing diligently, that step 10, 11, and 12, this, it's just an automatic result. Pass. Thank you, Devori. Would anyone else like to share on the paragraph beginning with our Hi, this is Naomi. Promises? Hi, Naomi. Melanie. I heard okay. Melanie, I mean, um, Naomi. Melanie and Leah, in that order. Thank you. This is Naomi, a recovered compulsive overeater from outside Philadelphia. That feeling of uselessness, self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in self-things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. I, I never realized how wrapped up I was in myself and my own needs until I read this. And this is just amazing. I mean, the freedom that I have received with with this with this phone meeting every single morning, and the other thing is fear of people, and of in, economic insecurity will leave us. I was riddled by fear, fear of this, fear of that. This is just an amazing program. This step really has opened my eyes and. I recently read the amends letter to my husband, and there were things in that when I told him, he said, I didn't mind doing this, but I just dumped it on him. I never had the courtesy to ask him about anything. And now with this, and the, his other comment to me was, you really went deep inside, inside your house, yourself, which I did. And I had a wonderful, I have a wonderful step sponsor and she kept saying to me you have to put selfishness into that amends which I did and I'm just so thankful I'm so thankful and so grateful and we do suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves and with that I pass thank you Naomi Melanie hi good morning Rebecca Thanks for your service, and welcome to the workforce. Glad that you're here. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Oregon. Good morning, everyone. I like strong words. They just simply do something for me that that nothing else does, and I um, like the words extravagant promises. Um, The definition that I found for extravagant is excessively high, beyond, and out of bounds, and a definition for promises and expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based and I really like those things this piece here was probably the first evidence for me that said something had happened that was different for me the words psychic change you know sufficient enough to bring about recovery that sensation for that because what came to my awareness that aha moment was that it was a promise. It wasn't going to be taken away from me, providing that. It wasn't going to be for Susie Q and Mary Beth and not Melanie, provided that. It was absolutely a promise that I could stake my life and claim on if, provided that, 
I did a few simple things. And through the fellowship and the big book, there has been this very thing that's happened to me. And I love the idea to be able to say to folks now when they come about is that this is not a lottery. This is not for the person that was born with a silver spoon in his or her mouth. This is not for the person that's the exception. It's for a bum like me born on this side of the tracks with not a hope and a prayer to be different than what I had been eight years ago. A promise, an expressed assurance on which I can base an expectation on provided that. And the big book and this kind of study has shown the way. I had a sponsor that jumped in that hellhole with me, grabbed my hand, and shone a light out with the big book as that direction and that lamp. And it was a promise that came true for me. And that was what I could not stop myself from saying this morning. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Melanie. Leah? Thanks so much, Rebecca. Good morning to you, and good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Uh, You know, these promises that were read, this is the state of mind, um, the state of being that, you know, we find ourselves in after God consciousness. I'm reminded of the uh, bedevilments, you know, that we often refer to on page 52, which is essentially life before God consciousness. You know, I can contrast it um, and see the way I was prior to this work and the way I was after this work. And, of course, you know, you continue to deepen um, your experience. Uh, You know, I came here restless, irritable, and discontent. I did not come here... uh, you know, I was no vision for you when I arrived here. I was nothing like what we find on page 83. I came here restless, irritable, and discontent. I came here filled with tremendous amount of guilt and fear and shame and remorse. Um, and I came here very selfish and very self-centered and extremely frightened human being. And having gone from that, which I just described, to the condition that is described here in these promises, that is undergoing a radical change in personality. And that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point of this work. You know, I'm reminded of step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. As a result of these steps, particularly steps 4 through 9, I can undergo, we can undergo that transformation in mind, in personality, a spiritual awakening, a change in personality that's sufficient to recover from compulsive overeating. That's exactly what happened to me. I came in here restless, irritable, and discontent. I came in here filled with all the things that we read about on page 52 with the big devilments and someone who has recovered, someone who had already uh, trudged this road, handed me a book with a program of action. That book was a big book. That book is what we study every morning. And I applied those first nine steps in my life to the best of my ability. (laughs) And lo and behold, as was promised to me, these things became true in my life. You know, I was not what I used to be. I was born again. We talk about that in the program. We talk about being born again. 
Well, these promises are a good description of being born again. I was born again, not in my body, obviously, but in my mind, where my old ideas, emotions, and attitudes that I had when I first crawled into these rooms with tombstones in my eyes were cast to one side, and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes began to dominate me. And those new attitudes, emotions, and ideas were these promises you know, I look at that statement, our whole attitude our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. That's exactly what happened. I came here with no tools for living, no tools for living, an extremely crippled belief system. I had no idea what was ahead of me. All I knew was that I had a tour guide that was going to lead me through the very same action steps that they had gone through. And, you know, with no idea of what was ahead of me, I just threw that paradise on the table and said, let's go. And that's exactly what happened, this transformation, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. And now we try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Well, this is Rebecca F. from Connecticut. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I am just so moved this morning by my realization of how my whole attitude and outlook upon life has changed and that I've been given the gift of all these promises that we reviewed in the previous paragraph. You know, I'm an addict and... um, I didn't even know it. You know, it's one thing if you're shooting drugs into your veins, you could pretty much figure it out. You're an addict, you know. But I didn't know. And I just thought I needed a diet and, you know, was trying one more thing on a long laundry list of things that I'd tried to fix my weight problem uh, that was um, consuming me. Every day, every minute of every day for about 50 years. And luckily, um, and I don't believe in coincidences, God brought me to this place where people came before me who were addicts just like me and um, learned this program and shared it with me. And by the grace of God, I accepted what was being offered to me. And not only did it solve my weight problem, which is just like awesome, let's just say that, but I got all these other promises. I'm a new person with a new pair of glasses and a new attitude. And um, the fact that I am moderating this meeting and that I am willing to know that God can do for me what I could never do for myself because I'm experiencing it every day Um, gives me the strength and the um, um, courage to step up to the plate. And um, the more I do, the more I get back, it's it's never ending. It just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And I can tell I'm on a trajectory. And it's all as a result of um, 
accepting what God had to offer here into my life and accepting all of you in helping me along the way. And with that, I'll pass. And perhaps it's time to move on to the next paragraph. And that would be Julie R. Hi, I'm Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater from California. This this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Again, I'm Julia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, um, you know, before I was in program then but not recovered, I didn't even really bother with Step 10 because I thought I just did everything at night. And when I started getting into the big book with my sponsor, she showed me that it, it says that we do it right away when something happens. And I love that because there's a lot of things that happen during the day that could get my dander off up if I'm not centered. And it says, when these crop up, so that means I'm going to have them. I'm going to have selfishness. Um, I'm going to have an instant where I want to be dishonest. I'm going to have resentment and fear. But I need to ask God at once to remove them. I don't wait till night, which I thought I had this nightly review to do all that. But I could do a lot of damage in between 10 a.m. in the morning when I'm feeling resentful and wait until 10 p.m. to do a nightly review. And I know Bill um, does these things on purpose when he wrote this book, but he used continue twice in the same sentence. Uh, We continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes because I am human. And even um, if I can sit in prayer for 23 of the 24 hours, that last hour my humanness will want to come out. It doesn't mean that it's going to come out, but it's going to want to. So I have to continue to watch for these things. And he uses that word once again. Um, And the fact that I need to discuss him immediately. And that's what I love about this circle of strong, recovered people that are in my life. Not, Not just that they have 10, 20, 30 years of abstinence, but they are recovered. They are free from the bondage of self. And when I have something come up, like yesterday with my son, I was feeling uh, restless, irritable, and I knew that um, I needed to go to God, which I did. And I made a phone call to one of these women who just went right into the big book and started reading something. And uh, that's how I'm supposed to work my program. I'm supposed to exactly follow this book. And when it tells me to go to God at once, I need to go to God. And at the very last sentence where it says, love and tolerance of others is our code. And I remember reading um, in Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers where Dr. Bob said this program is boiled down to two things. It's love and service. 
And I just want to thank you for letting me be of service at this meeting because I get to grow every day. And I do several step tens throughout the day. Um, Not every day. Sometimes I only have two or three. Other times I might have ten. But I go to God and I do go to another recovered person to get some uh, insight. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie R. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Katie. Okay, I heard Katie's name, but I could tell there were other people speaking before Katie. Kim, Margaret, Meg. Kim, Margaret, and Meg. And then Katie. Kim, go right ahead. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. This thought brings us to step 10. So what's this thought? The thought is, the sentence before, that these promises will always materialize if we work for them. So that's a reminder to us that we have to work for these promises. That's what 10, 11, and 12 is is doing for us. So I love the next sentence. Our next function is to grow, to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Because I often hear these called maintenance steps, but if we're working 10, 11, and 12 in our life, we are going to grow. That's why we have this spiritual awakening now. We have this connection with God, so we're going to continue to grow towards God. So it's kind of like, you know, if we go to nursing school and we graduate, and we never go into a hospital and practice those skills. What what's those skills worth? So when someone graduates from nursing school and they go in the hospital, every day they're practicing that skill set. They're growing in understanding and effectiveness of what it means to be a nurse. You know, my best friend from childhood is a doctor, and she had four children, and she talked about every time she came back from maternity leave from one of these kids, like, you know, three, four months, she said she was amazed at how, how rusty her skill set was, how that, that she had to, you know, really, especially with um, um, pharmaceutical stuff, how much had changed. So we, we think that maybe, oh, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, and we really aren't doing anything, and we wonder why the restlessness, the irritability, the discontentment comes back. I don't know if you ever heard that old joke, but, you know, someone is a teabag Christian. It means they only pray when they're in hot water. Well, that's what I would do. I would say I was living 10, 11, and 12, but I only picked up these steps when things were really tough, when the restless, the irritability, the discontentment was getting so high. I'm like, oh, I better work these steps. But if we're truly living, living in 10, 11, and 12, that means step 10, which is the every day as things come up step, is a part of our daily practice. It means step 11 is that in the morning we're connecting with God and in the evening we're connecting with God. It means the step 12, we're practicing these principles in all of our affairs, not just with the people that we like. And we are carrying this message on a daily basis, this message of hope, this message of salvation. So when I wake up in the morning, I don't say, God, help me to be abstinent today because I had been removed. What I do is I wake up and I say, God, how can I be useful to you and my fellows? How can I grow in understanding and effectiveness today? And because I do that on a daily basis, 
those promises are a permanent part of my life. Because I do that on a daily basis, I'm coming closer to God and I'm becoming more of the person that God always intended to be. So we have to recognize that this thought brings us to step 10. This thought is that these promises materialize if we work for them. And the purpose of step 10, 11, and 12 is our next function. Next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Margaret, you're next. Oh, good morning. Good morning. This is Margaret, uh, recovered here from South Jersey. And uh, I also love that word uh, above where it says materialize. I always used to kind of fixate myself on I. And I think uh, for a long time that kept me uh, to keep coming because I really did believe they would materialize. And today, thank God I live them. It says, um, we vigorously commence this way of living. You know, that word vigorously. And that's become a part of my life. You know, as soon as I wake up in the morning, that's the miracle. I really know I must hit my knees and begin to pray and begin to ask God to change my thinking right immediately as soon as I wake up because that's when it seems like I have that period of time where I can re where I can allow God to reset my focus for the day and to remember, you know, uh, that was that was my missing link. Um, I had worked this stuff many times. Um, I had good relationships, I mean, from the steps. I mean, the work was done for me through the years of relationships. It was this 10, 11, 12. I didn't know how to continue. And so I was always tripping up and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. But when I get up in the morning, that is the first thing on my mind. And that's what it is for me, like to be reborn, as was said today, is that when I wake up, that's what I think about, first of all and foremost, is to begin to get on my knees and to ask God to begin to shift my thinking into the day. And then, of course, we go on and we, we look at the 24 hours ahead, which we'll be talking about and all of that. But it is the everydayness. I think of Don so much, Don C., who spoke Every day, every day, every day. And that is the key. That is the key for me. As we get through the first nine steps and into 10, 11, and 12, that is the key for me. It is the sense of every day. This is my life. And what a glorious life it is. You know, I had my son's wedding this uh, weekend, and I can walk away, and there's nothing I would have changed. There's no behavior. There's no reaction that I would say, I wish I would have reacted differently because my intention with God was set for the day. And I, I, it, was just, it was just wonderful to feel that way. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Meg, would you like to go next? Yes, thank you. Good morning. My name is Meg, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Vermont. I see the steps as a growing process and I live a lot in the natural world and I share a lot about how I understand these steps as a growing process. It begins with a seed and then that seed germinates. It goes above the ground. We begin to get the sunlight of God after it germinates above the ground after step three and then it continues to grow. We weed, we cultivate, we set up some support systems so that the branches can grow taller 
And then we come here to this paragraph right before us, and that is the fruit. We begin to bear the fruit. And that is so exciting that we begin to bear the fruits, but these fruits can grow even more. Now, in, up here in Vermont, we have a lot of apples coming out on the trees. And with apples, they grow into the size that they're going to be, but the farmers leave them on the trees until they are ripe. And you know that they're ripe because they become sweet. And they become sweet because the sun and the heat sweeten them even more and more. And that is the time that it takes. And But even then, it's not over because pests and bacteria and disease will still come and they'll attack those apples. And so the farmer needs to be aware of that. He needs to watch out because if he doesn't manage and prevent these things, then his crop will be damaged and he'll have to start again for the next season. And this is what step 10 is. We're watching for those pests. We're watching for those diseases so that we can allow the fruits that we have produced to become sweeter and sweeter. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Meg. Katie, you're next. Debbie. And then Paula. Katie, and then Debbie and Paula, if we have time. Okay? Katie, go right ahead. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive reader in Virginia, and thank you for your service, Rebecca. Um, yes, uh, I just love this paragraph. It's a paragraph that, you know, could be reread every single day. Um, once you're, you've done steps one through nine, then this is, um, this is where we, you know, we continue to grow, um, continue to watch for selfishness, <clears throat> selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. It doesn't say you're a loser, you didn't do a thorough fourth step because these things have cropped up. It says when these crop up because we are going, uh, it says in the, up at, at the top, Katie, we can't hear you, honey. Can you hear me? Now we can, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I just uh, know that, you know, this is an assurance that um, if you, you know, have any fears that you didn't do a thorough uh, four-step, that they're, you know, as things... um, come along in your life, you will uh, be able to go back and you um, you revisit them and you continue to, to write on a daily basis. That's what works for me is to continue to um, seek my higher power and to continue to work these steps so that, you know, when life happens, which it does, the life, you know, life continues to um, keep going. But this is, is how I get back to look at my own issues and my own behavior and not 
just point my fingers at everyone else who I think needs to change. Because, you know, it's just so easy. As um, Julie said, you know, if we were in um, prayer and meditation 23 hours a day, there's that one hour when we're not. And, you know, I have to um, continue to watch for these things because they will want to creep in and um, with that will pass. Thank you, Katie. Um, Debbie and Paula both asked to share, and we're coming to the close. Debbie, um, could you share briefly? And Paula, after that, briefly? So, Debbie, give it a go, please. Can you hear me now? Now, yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, this is Debbie, compulsive overeater from Montana, recovered. And um, I just wanted to thank everybody, and I'm so grateful for this part of the book. Um, actually, fell asleep last night without doing my uh, inventory and sending it to my sponsor. And just a big eye-opener for me, you know, realizing that when I first woke up this morning and then hearing this again um, on the study. So, just love all the reminders, and thank you so much for being there for us, and have a great day. I pass. Thanks, Debbie. And Paula? Thank you so much for this opportunity, and I will be very conscious of the time. I guess that's what it's all about, isn't it? This line, I'm just going to take one line here, more than enough. We have entered the world of the Spirit, and what has entered me to go or to come into, to begin I've just come in here. It's like when you come into your ho- a home, a vestibule, or an entranceway, but I'm in the door now, honey. But now I get all the rooms before me. All the rooms before me, but I've just entered. And I just want to share briefly for one moment, someone shared on an apple, uh, apple picking. I took my daughter-in-law yesterday who has, and it was wonderful, I love apple picking, but the wonderful part was she had never gone before. See, we all have a different battle. Her battle is a battle for breath. Her battle is a battle for breath, but can I tell you the joy that I shared when she walked through that with new eyes? This is to become recovered. With new eyes, she looked at the apple, she says, and she picked one. She says, I've never, I've never picked an apple. And then she bit into it. And she said, how sweet it is. And it actually, when she bit into it, you could see the juices flowing out. We all understand third step, the flow. That's what I want to share. That's the joy of being recovered and being there for someone else. Thank you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And I'm sorry it had to be brief, but it was beautiful. Um, and this is Rebecca F., again, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just briefly want to mention with regard to this paragraph that once I had completed step nine and um, I started um, having things come up, I was somewhat Um, taken aback and a little embarrassed and humiliated that I was still faltering even though I had 
done all this work. And my sponsor so graciously pointed out what a blessing it was when I faltered and when these things came up because they were an opportunity for me to do the work that much more and to learn from my mistakes and know I'm not perfect. Um, when these things come up, it says in the book, it's it's okay. They're going to come up. The difference is we don't keep causing wreckage anymore. We clean it up when it comes up. And so I just want to let you all know that um, you don't have to feel badly about yourself when you misstep. It's just a beautiful, God-given opportunity for growth. And with that, I'll pass. And um, Katie F., let's see. Um, Thank you for everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie F. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Okay, our book is meant to be suggestive only. You realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.